welcome to another episode of D-List in the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Okay, we're going to start with some Will drama. Yes. So put on your black lace veil and prepare to clutch your pearls. And I guess like your fan, like would you bring a fan into a Will? You can, you can. Or pearls. Yeah, bring a fan. Get a fan. Why not? Mm -hmm. So, because I'm going to tell you that Rick Ocasek cut Paulina Porskova out of his will. So, let me give you some, a little backstory about them. So, Rick Ocasek, of course, he's the lead singer of the Cars. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. And supermodel Paulina Porskova, they got married in 1989. Now, there's a little drama over how they met because... They met on the set of the video for Drive, which she was in. Mm-hmm. So Rick was married at the time to a second wife, and Paulina was only 18 years old. He was around 40 years old. Yucky gasp. So it's a little messy. So, but they've been together for a while. They were together for a long time. They had two sons together. Mm-hmm. Rick had a total of six sons from three different wives. By the way, every time I say Rick, I think of that SNL skit where Amy Poehler <gasps> plays that Her annoying stepdad. girl who's like, Rick, Rick, Hey, Rick. Rick, hey, Rick, Rick. You know what I think of? I think of um, Heater Rick from the um, Hedonism 2 video. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The Wild Women, the Wild Women, the yeah. in the Terror. Yep. So both so, good Ricks. So Rick and Paulina announced last year that they split up a year before. <laughs> But they still lived together and were living as a family. Uh, Rick died this past September at 75 years old of cardiovascular disease. So after he died, Paulina only said sweet things about him on Instagram. It was very nice. She, She said that they were still living together and Rick was at home healing from surgery at the time of his death. So she's the one who found him dead. She brought him his Sunday morning coffee and said when she touched his cheek to wake him, well, she said rouse him, Mm -hmm. she realized he had died in his sleep. She wrote more sweet words about him on Instagram and, well, (laughs) that brings us to last week when Rick's will was made public because it was filed. So page six says that he signed a revised version of his will in August, just a month before his death. So... Paulina was not in his will, but her name was. Um, Yeah, technically she was in his will. She was. He name-checked her, probably not in the way that she wanted. But so he wrote, I have made no provisions for my wife, Paulina Poroskova, as we are in the process of divorcing. Even if I should die before a divorce is final, Paulina is not entitled to any elective share because she has abandoned me. That is... That, Michael, that's some rude-ass shit. That's kind of like Christina Crawford finding out about Joan Crawford's will. Well, no, that to me, this is worse because, I mean, Joan and Christina Crawford, they had like a messy relationship. It's true. She did try to choke Christina. There was a form. lot of, there was abuse, messiness. I mean, yeah. we don't know Rick and Paulina's marriage, but yeah, it's, uh, who knew that Rick Ocasek could bring the petty drama from the grave, but... Mm-hmm. He did. So there was a filing with the will that claimed at the time of his death, Rick only had $15,000 in cash, $100,000 in tangible property, and $5 million in copyrights. But he was obviously worth a lot more since his Manhattan townhouse went on the market last month for $13.9 million. Mm-hmm. And a trust and estate lawyer told Page Six 
that Rick probably did that rich people thing of hiding his assets and trusts. It's like, you know, rich and famous people do that for privacy reasons. Right, because they don't want people to know how much they actually have. Well, or if they like buy a house, they'll buy it through a trust because they don't want, you know, they don't want people to find out the address or whatever, which people do. But, you know, they don't, they want to make it harder to find them. They want to make me work for that address. Yes. So Rick also left two of his sons out of his will. Neither um, of the sons he left out are the ones he had with Paulina. But the trust and estate lawyer that Page Six talked to said he could have um, left them something through a trust. So he He, could have done that. He could have. Or this could be a Joan Crawford situation. Yes. I don't know. I'll wait for their tell-all. So... Paulina responded to this on Instagram, saying that she's known about the will since the day after Rick passed, and wrote, all you have heard from me since is in spite of that. And she put the hashtag, love never dies. Paulina Poroskova is very classy. Well, she's a bigger person than me, because I would be like, love has died since you cut my ass out after I was fucking you for 30-something years. Yeah, be like... Uh, do, you, do you know what is something that just that I needed? Oh, fuck, I'm already blowing this joke. <laughs> God damn it, I thought I had a rock solid cars joke there. Basically, what I'm trying to say is maybe just what Rick needed was to acknowledge Paul. Yeah, it's not, still not good. It's no, no, it. it's fine. <laughs> Save it for Twitter. You'll okay. write that later on Twitter. Yeah. Stay tuned. Check Allison's Twitter for that. That joke. So that hot cars joke. Someone in her Instagram comments asked her why Rick felt abandoned, and he must have died feeling lonely. So Paulina answered that comment by saying he didn't. That's all she said. Mm-hmm. Then someone else was fighting with her and said that she's lying about knowing about the will because a will has to go through probate court first, and it takes time. So Paulina called that person a troll. And said that she found out because they share a business manager. Yeah, and also too, like her kids would tell her. No, the person was saying that the nobody would find out about the will until later because it has to go through probate court first. Like it has to go through channels and then it's read. That's what this person. I'm I'm not a will estates and trust lawyer, so I don't know. But that's what this person claimed. So nobody would know what was in the will until it went through the proper channels. So the kids wouldn't even know. That's what this person claims. Yeah. You know what, though? I'll find that person on Instagram. I'll give them the what's what. Um, Because, like, I knew what was in my mom's will, like, the day after. I didn't have to wait, you know? Like, I think that you can find out stuff right away. You just have to have access to it. Yeah, maybe. But it's also America where everything takes 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that will days, was even 14 read. business days. <laughs> More than that. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know, like I said earlier, we don't know what was going on in their marriage. But he did make it a point to say that Paulina abandoned him, which is dramatic. Honestly, that's not okay. Sick. Oh God, I landed that one. That's, that one no, you like, landed. Yeah. That's that's not okay though. I think that it's so, that's so petty. Like you don't. It's already petty enough to exclude someone from a will that should be getting money. Like if I, you know, I don't care who it is. If you're married to somebody for like since the '80s, right? And you were like 18 years old. He, she gave him her sluttiest years, and 
I don't care how that marriage Your ended. sluttiest years? What does that mean? 18 to 27. Oh, no, honey. My sluttiest years are 18 to as long as I have still have genitals. <laughs> 18 until so, the thing is being like, beep, yes, beep, until, beep. And, and even, even then. Even even then, like a hot nurse walks in, it's like, beep, 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 beep. Even then, necrophilia exists. So, oh, my God. <laughs> That's ghosts. Okay People then. have done ghosts, too. So, anyways. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is, like, she... She gave him a, a really good, and I mean, Paulina Poroskova in the 80s, too. Again, he should have given her something. So for him to, for him to like, straight up be like, you don't get anything because you abandoned me. It's like, that's, that's rude. That's very rude. But also, like, we don't know what went on. In I mean, marriage. it's true. We have no idea. <laughs> we but yeah, I would be like, I give you sink on a Sunday, and this is how you treat me. I wake you up by rousing your cheek gracefully and this is what i get but what i did take away from this story is that everyone needs a will oh yes like i don't have one oh my god michael neither do i and like we need to get wills we need to get them yeah i mean i'm gonna leave everything to my dog who's gonna blow it on hookers and sausages but i need to have that in writing well and you don't know if a dog is gonna come out of nowhere and confront your dog and be like well i was his dog from you know uh, 1999 to May of 2000 and he promised me such and such you know the pillow on his couch that I could hump well if a dog can say that they deserve it if a dog can <laughs> say that in English words they they deserve it my dog is fucked <laughs> your dog's like just like oh god I hope a talking dog doesn't come out of nowhere <laughs> just worst fear <laughs> oh, but yeah boy. you need to get a will together I need to get a will together and Paulina Porskova is going to be fine. She'll really be fine when she writes that tell-all because that's probably coming. Oh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it out of obligation. I'll be like, first of all, she needs the money. I will buy this. I won't even rent it from the library like when I rented Demi Moore's book. I will buy Paulina's book. So moving on from a mommy who talked about not being... oh. Here's well, moving thing, on from Rick Ocasek, biting off of you, moving on from Rick yes. Ocasek to something that is definitely not Ocasek. Oh, okay. That's really good. That's really good. Also, well, I'm... I stole from you. You said that earlier. <laughs> I just patted myself on the back. <laughs> I'm going to blame all of this on the fact that like Canada, or not Canada, Toronto just got a huge dump of snow and like everybody's been running their snow blowers all day long and some of my windows have been open. So I've been inhaling gasoline. And by gasoline, you mean cocaine. (laughs) By snow, you mean cocaine. It all makes sense now. Yep. So um, last week, T.I., he appeared on uh, the podcast Ladies Like Us last week. And he was asked by one of the hosts if he had had the sex chat with his 18-year-old daughter, Deja Harris. And you would assume that, yeah, he would have because she's 18. But he went one step further and said, not only have they had the sex chat... That every year on her birthday, that sorry, the day after her birthday, they go to her gynecologist together so that she can get her, you know, yearly physical and pap yeah. smear and all that business. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, he asks the doctor to perform a hymen check to make sure that's normal. That her, yeah, her hymen. 
Well, I mean, very does, reasonable. That's what a father does. That's what a parent does. Well, don't we? Don't we always? Don't we all remember that scene on MTV's My Super Sweet Sixteen, where like the girl gets the keys to like the Benz, and then her dad is like, "That's this is a great car for us to drive to the gyno so that we can get a hymen check tomorrow." Yeah, it's perfectly normal. Yes. So he was, he was bragging about the fact that her, his daughter's eighteen. She's in college. Her hymen is still intact. Oh. We have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her hymen. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm done with you right now. So, you know. Do you go with her? She's a prisoner. Yes, I go with her. Somebody check on Deja. I go with her. She's a prisoner. So let me tell you, right? So so this is one time we go. I think this might have been after her 16th birthday. And this is what we do. Like, you know, right after the birthday, we celebrate. We go and check her hymen after. You know, usually like the day after the party, she's enjoying her gifts. I put a sticky note on the dope. Guy no. Tomorrow, 930. Oh, this is great. <laughs> and so so look, right? So we'll go. You know what I mean? We'll go and and uh we sit down. We'll sit down and then the doctor will come and talk. And you know, the doctor's maintaining a high level of professionalism. Mm-hmm. He's like, Well, you know, sir, I have to you know, in order for me to share information, I say, Deja, they want you to sign this. <laughs> They want you to sign this right now. I need to know if your hymen's still there. So we can uh, (laughs) share information. Do you have anything? Is there anything that you would not want me to know? Oh, okay. See, Doc, ain't no problem. You are the worst. And so so then, right, then they come and say, okay, uh, well, I I just want you to know that there are other ways besides sex that the hymen can be broken. Right. Like, and so he mentions that the doctor would kind of give him a little bits of warnings like, okay, so a hymen can break in any number of ways, like horseback riding or riding a bike or like even jogging, stuff like that. And so, Or breaking ex- itself out of grossness of, you know, TI checking up on it. Yeah, being like, like I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm just, done. It just leaves with a little duffel bag in its hands. Like, I'll see you later. So... T.I. joked that, like, his daughter doesn't do any of that. She doesn't horseback ride. She doesn't, you know, ride a bike, blah, blah, blah. And so the doctor will say, like, well, you have to sign a form to his daughter, like, saying, I can share this information with your dad. And she always signs it because, of course, she would. If your dad is standing over his shoulder being like, you have to sign that form. So lots of people, after the podcast episode came out, lots of people on Twitter were super grossed out. But also a lot of people were saying, like, virginity, because the whole thing is that he wants to he wants proof that his daughter is still a virgin, which is so gross. Well, you know why it's also bullshit? Because on his reality show last year, yes. his 15-year-old son was talking about how he has sex. His 15-year-old boy has sex. Yeah. And T.I. like laughed about it and said he doesn't want his kids having sex, but he'd rather like his son have sex than his daughter his son who is 15 then his 18 year old daughter so like yep he's that kind of man yeah. yeah it's super it's very sexist like it's the kind of it's yeah it's the thing where like his son could have sex with like 400 women but like if his daughter kisses a guy he's like got the like shotgun out he's like back away from my daughter yeah Anyways. and i'm sure that the girls his um son has sex with are all sluts oh yeah totally so lots of people 
online were pointing out that like virginity testing doesn't make any sense because they're like first of all you can pop your hymen uh pop your cherry if you will (laughs) to use the technical term in a number of ways that you can still be a virgin that virginity is uh, like a made-up concept anyway and that there's a bunch of different ways to technically lose your virginity and Mm -hmm. whatnot also the world health organization considers it to be like you know, awful and intrusive and a human's rights violation, right? So, right. Um, obviously, because it was like a, just a disaster. It was a total car wreck. So the Ladies Like Us host, um, Nazanin Mandy and Nadia Maham, they issued an apology because during the interview, like when T.I. was talking about it, they were kind of like laughing about it. Yeah, they were like nervous laughing because a lot of people gave them shit. Yeah. But they were kind of like nervous laughing yeah I'm and they were like, kind of like i can't believe you're saying this shit i'll full-on give them a pass because here's the thing it's a power issue too ti is obviously in a bigger position of power he's more and he's famous. our guest yeah. yeah he's the guest and also when you get caught off guard everybody has like been in a situation where somebody says something wrong and you're just like ha 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 and like yeah because you're not like, really processing it and no. then when you process later you're like oh shit yeah, you're like that was oh, fucked up. Yeah, or you're like, or sometimes you're just like, I want to say something, but I also don't want to lose my job, so I'm just gonna be like, ha ha ha, and hope it just go goes away, right? So they issued an apology. So first of all, they took down the episode. They're like, it's done. Then they said we were completely caught off guard, shocked, exactly like what we said. And looking back, we should have reacted much uh, differently in the moment. The comments that were made and the reaction that followed are not in any way a reflection of our personal views on the topic. They said they felt awful and they accepted full accountability for laughing at TI's comments, which I don't think we should be too hard on them. Okay, so here's where it stands right now. We all know that TI is gross, but what does Deja Harris think about all this? So she hasn't said anything because she's not really a famous person. Like she's on a TV show, but she's well, not. Well, didn't she say something like, I love you all? yeah something like that it was like kind of a weird positive sort of thing like you know when people are like hey guys don't fight spread positivity and you're like okay that's one way to talk no i thought it was because people you know were defending her so i thought i took that as her tweeting i love you all meaning thank you for defending me did i read that wrong michael i didn't even see that oh (laughs) so (laughs) i have i have all the like um the like mom sleuthy information like that she unfollowed her dad on instagram yeah and that she's been liking tweets that have been calling out her dad so like one tweet um described ti's actions as disgusting possessive and controlling and she liked that so that's kind of her subtle way of saying yes i agree with you all you're right yeah but yeah ti hasn't apologized for it but like he's going to yeah i mean maybe he's saving this for like the next season of his reality show but so a few years ago T.I.'s wife, Tiny, mm-hmm. she went to Africa to get her eye color. <laughs> Michael, I knew that you were going with that. I, I know. So well, that's what surgically changed from brown to gray, right? She's yes. got like wolf eyes. <laughs> and I mean, that was a stupid move. But because of what T.I. said, she's now like the, le- the least fucked up one in the in the couple. So that came out of this. It's true. And that was like a that was a high bar to set, too. It was. It really. I mean, she could have gone blind. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, she got her eyes surgically changed. Like, who does that? So, yeah. Ti Tiny, leapt yeah. leapt over that bar and soared into the sky. And also, so I googled what a hymen looks like because I didn't know. And also, I wondered why people call it a cherry. 
Yeah. So it tell me because I don't of, know this either. I don't know my own body. Well, it kind of looks like a cherry, but to me, it looks more like a lychee. So okay. Ti's daughter needs to get a lychee, dip it into fake blood, and throw it at his face, so he can be with the thing he's obsessed with. That's that's, that's what she needs to do. Okay, so let's move on to uh, a topic that you and I thoroughly enjoy fries fast yep. food fries yep so like we as a people we disagree on a lot of things right you and but, me no we as a people like everyone oh like humans okay humans yeah. but there's one thing that we can all agree on and that's in and out fries are trash yeah and if you don't think they're trash then you need to book an appointment with your doctor and get your taste buds checked well there are some people yeah that don't think they're trash, obviously. But anyways, and I'm like a ride or die in and out bitch. You know, in and out was born in the San Gabriel Valley. That's where I grew up. So I have a connection to it. And my aunt, she didn't live far from the in and out university, which was like my idea of the highest of higher learning growing up. And it still is. Yeah, she lived very close to it. So we would drive by and I was like, oh my God, I want to go there. Okay, Michael, hold on. We need to like put the car in reverse for a second. Is this a university? Like, is this a legitimate university? Well, you have to when you're in a when you get hired at In and Out. You that's where you go do your training. Oh, In and Out University. You learn how to cook the burgers and all that. So it's not like Harvard, like Felicity Hoffman. Oh, it's better than buying her daughter's way into In and Out University. Oh yeah, I wish my mom was rich so she could have bought my way into (laughs) In and Out University. So anyway, so the the fries are terrible. They're like. I mean, if you've never had them, they're like soggy and tasteless. They taste kind of, to me. They taste like um, styrofoam. Like they taste like pretend yeah. food that you'd have on a commercial shoot. Like soft styrofoam. You know, it's like a they're like a, a soft short pencil dick. <laughs> and but like salted. a soft short pencil dick, I still put them in my mouth gladly. But uh, I like McDonald's better. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's like a million different fries that rank high above In and Out. Yeah, and in and out like on those best fries lists, in and out is always at the bottom, the worst. So, restaurateur David Chang was the founder of Momofuku. He believes he knows why in and out fries are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. He has a conspiracy theory about it. So, David was at the Vulture Festival and shared his theory about in and out fries. So, he thinks it has to do with show. With all about show. So, first of all, he called them garbage. (laughs) Then he said it's just science. So, he said that In-N-Out makes a big show of cutting fresh potatoes in front of customers instead of frying a bag of pre-cut frozen fries like McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So, he says that because they cut up fresh potatoes, they're um, they're bound to have to use out of season potatoes. Mm-hmm. He says they're sacrificing fry quality for performance. And he also said, I actually appreciate what they're doing. I think it's amazing that they can take a loss right off the bat because they're priming you for the whole experience. Okay. So, Michael, do you believe in his theory that that's why they're gross? Well, because I have my own theory. I've gone to In and Out dozens, if not hundreds of times. And honestly, I don't remember someone cutting up a potato in front of me. Okay. Do you do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I've seen them do the potatoes before. I don't know how I missed that. Maybe I'm like too double Stone. double matized. <laughs> I'm focusing on the double double, but yeah. So what's your theory? 
Okay, so I I don't want to brag, but my late uncle used to have a potato farm. So I know a little thing about potatoes, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> which okay. is which is the which is the dumbest flex that I've ever presented on this. Uh, but it's podcast. a flex. It's a flex. It's something. So, potatoes really vary with the oil that you cook them in, which is why, like, I can taste potatoes that are cooked in olive oil as opposed to canola oil. Let's say, right? Mm-hmm. I think that there's something about. Okay, so first of all, the potatoes that they're cu- uh, cutting and cooking in in and out. I don't believe his theory that they're out of season because potatoes are harvested like fall late fall winter right and i've been to in and out in the summer the fall and the winter and the fries have tasted the exact same at all okay. times i think it's the oil they're cooked in i think that they're not rinsed off before they're um fried so they still have like that weird like tasteless potato starch on them and i think they're using like an oil that like sucks every last bit of flavor out of them and also they're not salting them when they come out of the fryer yeah they're not salting them no that's for sure you're basically just getting like to me it's like a bland raw potato flavor with like a kind of not raw it's like a soft inside okay wikipedia tells me that the oil that they use is 100% 100% pure cholesterol-free sunflower oil. So you're not supposed to use that? I mean, you can, but I maybe you need like you need like the cholesterol maybe of like a a bad for you oil like peanut oil. There's a reason why everything tastes good when it's fried in peanut oil. Well, you know what you should do, Allison. You what? need to quit delisted and go teach at In-N-Out University. Mm, professor Professor uh Professor Allison, PhD. But if you order them well done, they're better. So you just have to like order them well done and they come out better. Or just go to McDonald's. Or just do what I do, which is go home with your double-double, pour some frozen fries in your air fryer and and boom. Perfect. So speaking of places that you can work, that's my transition from In-N-Out University to... So there was earlier this week, um, the shade room, we most of us know who the shade room is. They asked, what's the most unprofessional thing you've done at work? So they're just okay. kind of like crowdsourcing from people that follow on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yes. So it kind of picked up a lot of steam on Twitter because people loved sharing their stories of unprofessionalism at right. work. So there's a ton of them out there. You you could find them. But um, like BuzzFeed did a little collection of them. These are some of my favorite ones. So Okay. One Wait, first of all, do these people use a different name? Because, you know, companies Google now. <laughs> oh, they don't. Literally all of them are tweeting from their personal Twitter accounts. And I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> They're like, this is my name. This is the town I live in. This is my social security number. And here's my story. Here's the time I shit in the filing cabinet at work. There's going to be like a follow-up to this story being like, here's 20 people that got fired after they (laughs) admitted the most unprofessional thing they'd done at work. So this one girl got caught sleeping on a boardroom table because um, her boss kept calling the office and nobody was answering the phone. So her boss came to the office because they were worried about her and then they caught her sleeping on the boardroom table. Um, Why would she, and I saw that picture, like why would she sleep on top of it? Wouldn't she sleep under it? Yeah, or like, do, doesn't every office have a couch? Uh, no, I've I don't even know if I've ever worked in an office with a couch. Really, every office I've worked in has had a couch. Well, smell you. 
<laughs> Sorry, I only work in dumps. <laughs> Don't trust me. Some of these coaches were not. <laughs> they were dump quality coaches. So anyway, one person said that they went to the movies and then they returned to work just so they could clock out. So they went to the movies on, you know, company dime. Yeah. This one person who I think is great. I want to start following them on Twitter. They said that they had sex with their boss for a $3 raise, which, you know, in the times when minimum wage was like $7, that's a pretty big raise. Um, So one person said that they made cupcakes with X-lax in them because people kept stealing their lunch, which I would never recommend anyone do that because you can poison someone and like really do damage to their body. Oh yeah, you can fuck someone up. <laughs> That's bad. Don't ever do that. And um, you, and and I mean how many toilets were in that office? Cuz that's just creating a shitty situation literally. Um another person said they sold weed through the drive-through that they worked at. Another person said that they used to steal reward points. Like if somebody didn't have a rewards card, they'd put in their own card. This is my favorite one, I think. Not well, it's not necessarily my favorite, it's just like this is the one where it's like, wow, that's something. They said that they packed up eight of their students into their car to go the in their words to go see why my man wasn't answering his phone which that is that's risky what, also, oh, so what they're I, a teacher i guess what how big was their car with eight students were they putting them in the trunk well also did she get field trip permission slips signed I yeah you got to get so. field trip permission slips i mean you gotta put fit, fit them in your car somehow and yeah, then when you go check of... on your man, you like do you tell do you leave them alone or do you have them come with you? You bring them with you because you're like, okay, I want you to take notes. I want to see three reasons why my man wasn't on his phone. Then you're gonna write an essay about it later. Okay, you gotta, yeah. You gotta make it educational, right? So yeah. Michael, that brings me to my question, which is do you have a story about the most unprofessional thing that you did at work? Like, I was thinking about this, and I had a hard time thinking of something because I'm very, very professional. But when... (laughs) That was sarcastic. But when I was... (laughs) But when I was 19... So when I was 19, like 19, maybe 20, I don't remember. But I, I worked for my best friend's stepfather, and he was like an accountant or something like that. And he had an office all by himself. So... He left at three o'clock, but what he wanted, what he he hired me for was to come in at three and then like answer phones and file until like six. So I worked like three hours a day and the phone never rang, barely rang, and there was barely any filing. So all I did was watch porn (laughs) and this, but this was the, this was before Pornhub. This was before it was easy to get porn. So I had to like use like Napster or something and then type like daddy twink porn and then wait for it to download and you know how long it would take i mean i'm sure it's still downloading it's still in that office in your belinda downloading daddy twink porn like and, it took forever and there's a chance that when it does download it's gonna be like um a copy of like madonna's album from yeah exactly from yeah candy it's, or something yeah so this i had to really work for it so that's mm-hmm. probably and you know i I never did sex to myself in the office while watching the porn. And if I did, I would never admit it. So <laughs> that, but that isn't even that bad. Like, what is yours? Okay, well. I can't see yours being that bad because you seem really professional too. You don't seem like you would take eight kids to check up on your man. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, I think for me, it's like, I didn't, I had like no money growing up. So for me, I was like, I, 
wanted to be good at my job because I like needed the money. Like I couldn't get fired is what I'm saying. That getting fired was the thing I was most afraid of. So I was really professional. But there were a couple jobs where I wasn't professional. So I used to work at The Gap and um, I did a terrible job. FYI, telling the story, you're never going to get rehired at The Gap. You're burning that Gap bridge. You know this, right? Oh, plus Old Navy, Banana Republic, the whole chain of Gap families. Never going to work at any of them again. So um, I quit that job because I got a job at a cooler clothing store that was literally two stores away okay. on the same street. Okay. So they were like, can you start? They were like, I went in or whatever. And they're like, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I can totally t- start tomorrow. But I had a shift at the Gap. So I showed up for my shift and I was like, hey, listen, so I know that I start work in like 20 minutes. But I actually start working 20 minutes at another store now. And they're like, get out. I was like, that's not bad that. at all, Allison. Like you, that's not unprofessional. You, you basically quit. I mean, some people wouldn't yeah. even show up. Yeah, like I wouldn't quit in person. The only other thing for me where I was like, this is unprofessional is, um, I, so I used to work at like a, I worked at Canadian Tire, worked at a couple different locations. And when I was in college, I worked in the like home electronics part. So I had a whole setup of TVs and this was back when they were like all those like tube TVs, like the little yeah. square ones. The so big were, ones, yeah. Yeah. So they were all plugged in and it was my job like when you came in for a shift or whatever, you turned all the TVs on and then you picked a channel. They were always like pick the blandest channel. Pick the So you picked network. porn. You picked the Spice <laughs> Network. No, it's even – no, it's – I picked American Idol. So I always used to work at nights and I always work like Monday and Tuesday nights. So I'd turn it on to American Idol. And then I knew the one spot in that station where the security cameras wouldn't catch me. And I would just stand there super still for like hours watching TV. And then one time my manager came around the corner and was like, what are you doing? I had my, it was like the Blair Witch. Like I had my face turned into a shelf, but like, so it was like my body was turned in the shelf, but my head was facing yeah. the TV and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, not watching American Idol. <laughs> Anyway, that's not even that bad either. Yeah, that's not taking eight students to uh, your man's house. <laughs> no, that's not. Yeah, like shitting in the file cabinet. We're pathetic. We need to get, we need to get jobs somewhere else. Act really professionally. You know, shit in the file cabinet, and then come back here so we can tell that story. So we can redeem ourselves. Now, Alice and I are going to go over five stories, starting with BH nine hundred two one zero which was the revival of Beverly Hills 90210. I guess you can call it a revival. Yeah. I guess, like mockumentary. Anyways, so it got canceled after six episodes, which was one season. So Fox made the announcement, and it was probably due to ratings. Ratings started off good, but then dropped. But here comes Jenny Garth, who was a co-creator along with Tori Spelling, to tell us that they don't know what's going on and that the show is very meta. So she's okay with the confusion. Uh, I think she meant the cancellation news could be a stunt for a storyline for the second season. Jenny also told reporters at an event in Austin that she hopes someone at Fox or another network picks the show up. Hmm. Do you think it's a stunt? No, <laughs> they totally canceled it. I think Do you so. think it's a stunt? No, I think that Tori and Jenny have just booked six meetings to pitch a show about former Beverly Hills 90210 cast members who got canceled and will do anything to pay their bills now. Which I can't hate them for it. But 
See, the, the thing, I'm not mad at it only lasting one season because I feel like nowadays people feel like every show needs to be two or three or four seasons. And, so, and sometimes it doesn't. Like, no. I thought it was the perfect amount of episodes. We got, you know, our shot of nostalgia. And I mostly liked it. Yeah, it was fun. It was just like a fun little six episode thing. It wasn't bad. Like they they shouldn't, they should walk out of Fox with their head held high and be proud of the work they did. Well. Some of the episodes, I mean, that whole doll kind of thing was a little weird, but in general, I think it was, it was okay. It wasn't embarrassing. And they did something very wrong. Okay. Not enough Brenda Walsh. It's Like she was hardly in it. Yeah, yeah, I hated when they were teasing her in the episodes where it'd be like the very end of an episode and they're like, Brenda takes a phone call and it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, there, <laughs> were, more than full, that. there were full episodes that she was not in. So now Tori's got to go back to like crying about her husband cheating on her on a reality TV show because she made the mistake of not putting Brenda Walsh in every episode. Mm-hmm. That was her big mistake. So Madonna's getting sued by a fan. Because when he first bought tickets to her Madame X show in Miami, the start time was 8.30. But she has since pushed it to 10.30. Like, does she not know the average age of her fans? We're in Dreamland by 10.30. <laughs> yeah. We're in Dreamland by 8.30, probably. But uh, so I guess other fans are mad about this. And Madonna sort of responded by posting a clip on Instagram from her show of her telling the audience that a queen is never late. So Brigitte Nielsen was on the talk where they brought this up. And she said it's ridiculous and uncalled for and that Madonna isn't the queen. Bridget then told a story about how she was in a club in 1987 and Madonna kept stepping on her feet. So she slapped her. Okay, and just a little thing. In 1987... I was at a club downtown with her, and she kept stepping on my feet. She was very rude, and I ended up giving her a slap across the face. I've never been so quick out of a nightclub. You slapped Madonna. However, you slapped her. She was she was not being very polite. Honestly. Okay, was it an o- was it an open hand? Open hand. Did it knock her off her chair? Did it knock? Well, her she's off? not very big. She's I'm like not this big. Yeah. So, so was it like funny. first wives club when you hit her face? My face. I remember just six big guys picked me up, and that was fair enough. I mean, I probably well, shouldn't have done that, and guard. I was yeah. out of the club. However, the I did. Best I, the best so part. Weird. The best part is yet What's to come. Okay. A couple of months later in the south of France, uh-huh. I got back at her for being rude, having a one-night stand with Sean Penn. Oh! Oh, that's yeah. So beware of Geet. Yes. She will slap you down and revenge fuck your man. <laughs> and also, for anyone out there who had tickets to Elton John's farewell tour... Um, please know that your money will be refunded. He will not be playing the rest of his tour dates because he has to dedicate his life to being the president of the Bridgie Nielsen fan club from here on out. He definitely will. But what's weird about that clip on the talk Mm -hmm. is that, so Bridgie is going on about slapping someone and fucking their husband and like everyone is cheering. (laughs) I know, like, like Marie Osmond, they're like, woohoo, fuck that bitch's man. <laughs> fuck him. I think it was like, like, those were the exact words Marie Osmond it, used. Too. It was like, who knew that the talk was like the home of the Homewreckers Appreciation Club? 
The co-directors of a Vietnam War movie called Finding Jack have cast James Dean in a role. And as we all know, James Dean is dead and has been dead for 64 years. Mm -hmm. They plan to bring him back from the dead using CGI, footage from his past movies, and stand-ins and body doubles. Someone else will do his voice. They say it's not a gimmick, and they got the rights to use his image from his family. Actors like Chris Evans and Elijah Wood called this out for being awful and creepy. Yeah. And all this tells me is that James Franco's reputation is really in bad shape when they'd rather use a tacky CGI James Dean instead of the official unauthorized James Dean impersonator that is James Franco. It's true. And what's really a bitch is like, first of all, I can't believe this isn't for porn. Like, the porn <laughs> industry James is Dean. failing when they didn't come up with that. Second of all, like, watch CGI James Dean win an Oscar before Glenn Close and Amy Adams do. That's oh. going to happen. Yeah. Burger and Lobster, a chain restaurant that has locations in London, New York City, Dubai, and Singapore, are adding gender-neutral cocktails to the menu of one of their locations. They did a survey at one of their London locations and found that 31% of men wouldn't order a, quote, girly drink like a Cosmo or a Pina Culada. 11% of women claimed they wouldn't order, quote, a manly drink like a Negroni. The gender-neutral cocktails are colorless and are listed by number. So Burger and Lobster wrote on their website, Demonstrating how stereotypes can and do affect consumer choice on a daily basis, we've only gone and undertaken a fancy social experiment. In our Soho restaurant, the five colorless cocktails have been listed by numbers rather than their traditional names. Therefore, choosing a cocktail based on ingredients rather than a marketed name. Um... I mean, the smartest thing they did was making them clear because barfing up your last three drinks down the front of a white shirt knows no gender, Michael. Barfing? Amateur. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, everybody knows what I'm like as a drinker. Oh, I... (laughs) What? (laughs) But so, okay, like, this is a stunt and it's a dumb one because, like, if a dude is that insecure, fuck him, and it's ridiculous. But, see... I always end up, like, no matter what I order, I always end up with the most flamboyant drink at the table. Like, yeah, I could order a Bud Light, and the server will bring, like, some hot pink beer and, like, a unicorn glass with, like, a sparkling dildo sticking out of it. So, And I love it. Finally, Dr. Oz was on today last week, and surprisingly, he wasn't there to talk about shit. He was there to talk about sleep divorce, when couples love each other and want to stay married, but they sleep in separate rooms because one is a snorer or has restless leg syndrome or they have different sleep schedules. The National Sleep Foundation did a survey and found that one out of four couples sleep in different bedrooms or beds. So Carson Daly, he was in the segment, said that he and his wife sleep in different rooms because he has sleep apnea and she's pregnant. Um. Yeah, you know what? This is, I mean, this sounds like the kind of thing that only rich people can do. Because, first of all, you have to have an extra bedroom. And that's something that fancy people have. Like, you have to have a guest bedroom and then Fancy people only have... Fancy people have more than one bedroom. (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like, if you have, like, some people will have a guest bedroom, right? But it's Mm -hmm. like, this is for people 
who are fancier than a guest bedroom. Like where they're like, we have a bedroom for me and a bedroom for my partner and a guest bedroom for when people stay over. Like what I'm trying to say is poor people cannot do this. Uh, Au contraire, because I know a couple, I'm not going to name names, where they sleep differently. One sleeps in the living room. Okay. So, like, one sleeps in the bedroom, and the other one, like, sleeps on the couch every single night. I know. So but they see, make it work. I feel bad for the person sleeping on a couch, though. Like, so I I don't know. What I'm trying to say is, if you can't get a sleep divorce, and you can't put in, like, two different beds in two different rooms, this is, like, my solution for it. Get a box of wine, like a box of red wine, and a roast turkey, and eat as, as much of it as you can. And you'll go to sleep. You'll sleep through anything. So also, I mean, this plan relies very heavily on planning it around Thanksgiving. So if you want to save your marriage, like kind of plan for November, October, November, the fall months. So the side effects will be you'll just gain tons of weight and be hungover all the time. And fart, just like fart (laughs) up the room. Yes. But to me, like to me, this makes sense. Like sleeping in different rooms totally makes sense. it does it does make sense but if you really want your marriage to be successful and long uh get a genitals divorce meaning just fuck other people that's the key before we go we just want to remind you for the one billionth time to rate and review and subscribe if you haven't already And if you want to send us a note or ask us a question or challenge Allison's belief that only rich people have more than one bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, come at me with that one. Well, what it is is like city people. If you're like live in the city and you have more than one bedroom, maybe you'd be rich. It's like the suburb people. I mean, you have more than one bedroom and they're probably paying less than you are. Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. Like I I live in the city. I have two bedrooms. So in my mind, I'm I'm basically Oh my god, Bezos. you're a Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah you're super a Rockefeller. Rich. So, uh you can email us at dtp@delisa.com. dtp@delisa.com. So, thank you, Bye. Allison. Until next week. Bye. <laughs>